No. I'm not worried at all. I rely on God, Allah. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulallah, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Life Huck podcast. And uh, we have a special guest with us today. First time joining the podcast, we have with us the Muslim metaphysician, Brother Jake. Welcome to the podcast. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thanks for having me, bro. Yes, and uh, we appreciate you. I know it's a late night. You've been traveling. Yeah. We've been having you on this crazy whirlwind tour. <laughs> another city, another city. Yeah. And uh, I hope it hasn't been too cold for you. No, it's just it's been fine, man. Actually, yeah. the the weather they've been telling me has yeah. been kind of mild. It's yeah. not like forty below. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jersey gets a, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it does. Right? Yeah, not this type of cold. Yeah. I mean, how it is now yeah. would be like yeah. the coldest it gets, pretty much. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So we we go we go down like right now. You guys go way is, down. So right now it's like minus six degrees. So you yeah. guys usually go by Fahrenheit, right? But yeah. we go by Celsius. And just if you times this by five, mm-hmm. no, no, if you times this by seven, mm. okay, so if you go minus 42, minus 45, that's how it was uh, like a month or two ago. Yeah, we don't get that And you get low, stretches man. of that and <laughs> then um, black ice where it's a skating rink on the, you know, <laughs> that's crazy. on the highway. So, yeah, it does get uh, a little bit rough out here. So, yeah, we don't go that yeah, low. <laughs> yeah, so I'm glad we're able to get you here. While the weather was a little bit better, tolerable, because, <laughs> yeah, it can be quite exhausting. Um, what's your impression, first time here in Canada? Yeah, it's my first time. I've been enjoying it. You know, yeah. mashallah, the the Muslim communities that I've been to thus far um, seem very strong and organized. Mm. Um, and I've been impressed, especially with the amount of youth that have come, like... Mm. Uh, the one in Fort McMurray, a lot of lot of young people were there, subhanAllah. Even today, there was a pretty good amount of young people here mm. in uh, Edmonton. Yeah. So um, it's been enjoyable. You know, it's been yeah. intense traveling, but it's been uh, it's been enjoyable. Yeah. How's your community in Jersey like? You know, where I live, uh, there's not really any community. Yeah. Um and the, the closest one that I'm kind of attached to is about 40 minutes away from where I live. Mm. Um, That's pretty far. So, yeah, it's a bit, you know, it's a bit difficult. So you're kind of isolated, you know? Yeah. Like, Currently, you know. where I live now, it's kind of isolated because I live near the beach. Okay. So it's mostly just rich people. Okay. Um, there's not many Muslims around. There's only one halal restaurant within okay. like 30 miles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's a bit difficult, you know. Yeah, yeah. So th- that's um, actually, in a way, it's also a beautiful sign that in a place where very little Muslims, mm. you could have somebody not only accept Islam but become very active in the dawah. Yes, you know I mean? yeah, definitely. So like your background. Um, What's your what's your background? Because your name kind of sounds like you're Italian. Or <laughs> yeah, something. yeah, yeah, yeah. So my last name is Brancatella. Yeah. Um, my father is Italian, mm. so he's a hundred percent Italian. A bolt of his parents immigrated from Italy. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, my mother is mostly Irish and a little bit of German. Mm. So I'm mostly Italian and Irish and a mm. little bit of German. 
Okay. Yeah. Have you ever gone back to any of those I've places? I've been to Ireland. I have not been to Italy yet. So that's okay. on my list. You know, okay. I want to go back there. So I heard Ireland has a pretty strong Muslim population there. Um, I didn't really interact with the Muslims when I went because I, yeah. I was on a tour bus with my family. Okay. You know, my mom and my brother and yeah. we were just kind of all over the place. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I have met a few Irish Muslims, but not in Ireland. Okay. And, um, but that's good to hear. Yeah. And how has it been with your family? Like, uh, you know, the Dawa with them? Are they interested mm. in Islam? I don't know, even know, maybe, yeah. you know, are they? Um, not really. You know, yeah. um, my entire family's Roman Catholic. They've yeah. been, uh, I was raised Roman Catholic. My entire family's Roman Catholic still is. Yeah. Uh, a lot of them are just kind of, you know, nominally Roman Catholic. They're not mm. really practicing and don't really care too much yeah. about it. Um, my mom actually has gotten more religious as she's gotten older. Mm. And so she goes to church every Sunday. Mm. But <clears throat> in terms of, and I was actually mentioning this earlier mm. uh, during the talk at the masjid is, uh, you know, people were asking, well, how do you actually give Dawa to your family? Mm. My mom is like really tough. So yeah. she, um, you know, in the beginning, she was really kind of hard on me. And um, she softened up a little bit mm -hmm. as I've, because I've been Muslim now for like 10 years. Yeah. But uh, I was saying mm -hmm. <laughs> actually earlier, yeah. she said to me uh, last year, she said, Jake, I think you're still in a phase. And I was like, Mom, it's been like 10 years. I'm not <laughs> yeah, in a phase. Yeah, yeah. I'm married to a Muslim woman. Oh, you know, I've been married for like two years now. Yeah. So she's actually gotten, since I've been married, yeah. alhamdulillah, she's actually gotten a little better. Like she, sometimes when we have dinner, uh, she'll, she, she brought like halal meat for us. Okay, nice. You know, like before she would never do that yeah, when I was yeah. like 10 years ago. Yeah. Forget it. Like that would never happen. So, yeah. um, it's been tough. Like, yeah. A lot of them are just either not interested at all mm. or just opposed to it. Yeah. And so <clears throat> I try to just give dawah by my actions, mm. try to be a good son or a good yeah. brother or, you know, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, inshallah, hopefully Allah will guide them, you know. Inshallah. But, um, it is difficult, you know, because yeah. my mom, for example, she knows what I do, give dawah online. Mm. She yeah. You know, she's heard or seen some of my discussions. And uh, so <laughs> she she doesn't want any part of a discussion. With yeah, yeah. You know, because <clears throat> I've and I gave this example in the mosque, actually, yeah. that, uh, you know, I try to give like little questions to make her think yeah. or uh, my family members think. Like I just said to mom, you know, uh, do you believe Jesus is God? Mm. And uh <clears throat> She said, no, I believe he's the son of God. He's not God. Mm. And she's Catholic. So I don't know how much you know about Catholics, but mm. they believe in the Trinity. They believe that Jesus is God. Yeah. So I said, you know, mom, you've been telling me you've been saying the Hail Mary prayer all the time for me mm. over and over and over again. You, mm. you say the Hail Mary prayer. You've been praying for me, right? Mm. Every day. And, I, and she said, yeah, yeah. That's right. Mm. So I said, I started reciting the Hail Mary prayer. And it goes like this. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, 
mother of God. And I stopped there and I said, do you see in the prayer that you're saying for me all the time, you say, holy Mary, mother of God, Mm. Mary, mother of God, who's she the mother of? Jesus. Mm. So what does that mean? You're you're saying that Jesus is God and Mary is the mother of God. Mm. And then she stopped and she said, oh, you know what? Jesus is God. Mm. (laughs) I said, wow, subhanAllah, just five minutes ago, you told me he wasn't God. He was the son of God. So this is what I'm saying. And I didn't have that dramatic of a reaction. But, you know, I'm, I'm saying to myself, how do you get through in yeah. a situation like that yeah. where the person it's almost like a blind following, but they don't even realize what they're doing or saying. You see yeah. what I mean? So and she probably views you as like, yeah. you know, like she looks at you as her son. Yeah. You know, she's seen you do all the bad stuff. Oh yeah. And all of a sudden <laughs> you're on this, you know, self-righteous, like yeah. in her, it could be in, in her mind that, okay, he's becoming like this thing. Yeah. But maybe that's why she said it's a phase or whatever. Yeah. But, um, you have children yet? Not yet. Nope. That's, that could be a key. Soften them up more. Yeah. Inshallah. That's, a, that's, a, that's another key, my friend. You inshallah. know, when you have children, um, they soften up big time. Yeah. Because you know what it is? It's like, she's never been really around other Muslims. Yeah. So it's like, she just viewed it as her son being just a rebellious, yeah. you know, rebellious son again is just going off the rails and doing what he's doing. Because, yeah. I mean, let's be honest, I was a rebellious kid. Yeah. Like, I was a, a tough kid growing up. And, um, you know, my parents divorced when I was young. Mm-hmm. And I had two brothers, so my mom was raising three boys. Mm-hmm. And we were bad. Like, it wasn't yeah. easy, you know. We kind of tortured her. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, subhanAllah. So, um she probably viewed it like that and also like, you know, as some, some kind of just weird other thing mm. that he's getting into. Mm. And so when I got married, obviously my mom never said this, but this is just my, mm. my psychoanalyzing of the situation that, you know, she's now talking to another Muslim and realizing it's a normal person. Like yeah, it's not... Yeah. It's not like what you hear on Fox News, or yeah, I don't want to yeah. get too political, but yeah. it's not what you hear sometimes in Western media. Like yeah. Muslims are real, normal people. They go to work, and yeah. you know, like so. Um, yeah, I think that had an effect. And mm. children, if that happens, inshallah, inshallah, hopefully that'll even you know be yeah. more softening up. Yeah, that'll but, be very powerful. Yeah. Inshallah. You know, yeah. things you would be surprised. I know uh, people who've accepted Islam, uh, they've been trying to get their parents to do stuff, mm. you know, maybe come to the masjid or yeah. take part in things. They could they could say a thousand times their kid says it once. OK, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. OK, well, I'll, go, I'll come with you to the masjid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it's an emotion. There's a huge emotional component Definitely. to it. And um you know, uh, I, I've been asked this as well. Like, I think that's a common thing. Even people who are Muslim, right? Mm. Like, sometimes you come up in a Muslim family. It's mm. not really practicing. Yeah. The kids become a little bit more practicing. Mm. So, the analogy I give is that, you know, if you if we look at Islam as the medicine, as the cure, mm. uh, the more frequent dosage you take, you yeah. take less. You mm. give, you have smaller doses. Right, right. So, if I'm going to see you once at, like, you know, at 
uh, all right, we were at a dowel booth. Mm. I'm going to give you the full dose. I'm going to tell you about Akhara because I may not see you again. Yeah, yeah, right? So I'm going to give you the full spectrum. Mm. So I'm going to give you the full bolus of medicine right then mm. and there. But if I'm seeing you on a regular basis, I'm just going to get a little dose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little, right. little, 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 yeah. little dose. I don't have to, you know, give you the full dosage and yeah. the whole thing right now. You mm. know what I mean? So, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it, it is a common challenge, and to see like how you dealing with that, and especially when you go through, you know, those phases in life, right? Like you know, mm-hmm. when you were, um, you know, a even myself, yeah, yeah, even myself, right? When yeah. you have these things, and then when you're coming back to the dean, they're they're kind of and. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like here's this yeah, kid. It's you know like what you're mean? the same guy who yeah, did yeah, X, Y, Z. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Who Exa- are you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, of course, exactly. Yeah. Do you yearn to be like part of a Muslim community? Like to? Yeah, you know, definitely. Yeah. yeah, I'm actually, you know, considering relocating. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's a lot of options. I'm kind of like at a crossroads because yeah. before I have kids, I want to make sure mm. that I'm established and that I'm bringing them up in the right environment, mm. you know, so a couple things on the table, but I'm yeah. not sure what I'm going to do yet. Yeah. Yeah. Still in the U.S. or you think you want uh, to? I don't know. I might make hijra, bro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah my, my wife is uh, from Morocco. Okay. So could possibly move out there. Okay. Yeah. I'm not sure though. How is Morocco? So how's, the, how's the, because I, I from like what it, I hear, it's like a mixed bag, right? Like yeah, you have. I like it a lot. Yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah. I mean, her whole family's over there. I like the food. I like the culture. Yeah. The people, and you know, obviously, it's, there's no like utopia for Islam right now. Yeah. You know, like yeah. the Muslim countries, you know, say whatever you want, but they're not. They're not hundred percent doing what they're supposed yeah. to be doing. You know, yeah. So. Um, and a lot of people find that out, yeah. you know, when they do make, uh, you know, hijrah. Yeah. Um, it's not everything that they thought it would be. Definitely you have, you know, if you have an environment mm. that if you're looking for something and mm. you have more of it, it's good, yeah. right? But um, vice versa, like you have people who come from some of those countries and mm. they get used to, hey, we're Muslim, take it for granted. It's cultural, yeah, yeah. you know, and then when they come here, they see like a clear demarcation between Kufar and Iman. Mm. So then they kind of really reestablish themselves in the religion, you know, yeah, they yeah. kind of reestablish that identity. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sometimes that can happen as well. But exactly. th- I think the the main thing is, is that people are searching. There are a lot of families, yeah. they're searching like, what can I do, right? Mm. Where, where can I establish myself where the ecosystem around mm. me is going to facilitate like righteousness yeah, yeah you know what i mean exactly yeah yeah i mean the thing is like in morocco okay like it, of course it's not perfect but yeah you hear the then five times a day yes you know there's a mosque on every corner yeah. right you can walk outside boom you're at the mosque yeah fridays you know they give you plenty of time to go to juma you mm. know it's yeah it's you know it still has islam there you yeah. know what i mean in in a sense that i don't really experience currently where i'm at i'm not saying mm. there are probably other places in the u.s that yeah. um with that type of environment mm. uh, but i don't know you know it's i have to think about it more yeah inshallah. no but you're obviously in a almost even within the u.s yeah. 
you know, really deprived of even a, like a yeah. Muslim community. Like, you know, you're saying yeah. 40 minutes yeah. is the closest one, right? Yeah, so, yeah basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no. Um, you know, uh, one of the things um, that I noticed, mm. uh, I actually wanted to ask you about this because mm. I always see you mm. with the red hat. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. You know I, I was mean? gonna wear I was gonna yeah. wear the red one today actually because yeah, yeah. I have a, I have a red hat that's just like this yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. but I wore the black one so yeah, it's yeah. funny you mentioned that yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah. where did the idea of the red hat come from well so here's a crazy thing yeah red is my favorite color yeah. even though I'm actually colorblind oh okay yeah so I'm actually red green colorblind but for okay. some reason red has always been my favorite color okay. So yeah, it's just like that. I just like red. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't get it wrong because yeah. I know people see me on there and they got the white letters and like, oh, yeah, yeah. this guy's a Trump supporter. <laughs> that's from afar, right? Yeah, like that's like, impression. He's a Trumper. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is he yeah. a subtle like undercover? Yeah. You know. What I, mean? I know. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It wasn't to be honest. Yeah. At that point, it wasn't even intentional. And then yeah. when I started wearing the hat on yeah. the, on the live streams, yeah, people were like, "Dude, you look like you're wearing a Trump hat." And I'm like, yeah. "Oh, damn!" But then yeah. I was like, "Actually, it's kind of catchy because people yeah. think I'm wearing a Trump hat." And then yeah. they read it and they're like, "Oh, what does it actually yeah, say?" It's a tr- like it tracks so, people's yeah, attention, exactly. Right? So then yeah. I was just went with it. I'm like, "Whatever, I'm just wearing it," you know? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, yeah, I just kept going with it, bro. So yeah, I've been wearing yeah. it for like I don't know year or two now yeah yeah i know it's it's like um it's kind of been uh, iconic with your you know exactly look, right? yeah so, it's like people see oh the the dude with the white hat uh, their red hat and yeah, like, yeah yeah okay it, yeah it's very unique yeah. not like besides like the whole trump world right yeah. <laughs> you, you you have it's the only representative in the muslim exactly, world right? yeah, so, exactly yeah exactly yeah so it's something that sticks out and people you know, because people on YouTube, when they watch yeah. videos and, uh, like, different personalities and stuff, they that's how they, they like, you know, they make that connection. Oh, that's the guy from that stream. He's wearing yeah. a red hat. No. Oh, we saw him over here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's Jake. Boom. Now, all of a sudden, yeah. they know who he is, you know? So, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, you know, kind of marketing as well. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, that's good. Um, from what you told me, mm-hmm. uh, you know, becoming Muslim in an area not too many, mm. you know, resources. Um, then you went through a period of like, you mm. know, being a Quranist. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, you know, obviously coming ahead of Sunnah. And I'm sure you're mm. continue you're always continuing to evolve, right? Yeah. And, yeah. Like, we all are, right? We're all students and mm. we should be, you know, always trying to uh, get closer mm. uh to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm. So like a person who's now we you know alhamdulillah even this past week we have a mm. lot of new people have come to Islam. Yeah, right? alhamdulillah, really? yeah. So what advice could, would you give of a person who's, you know, made like, you know, learned things, maybe you made mistakes, mm. uh, things that um, you really appreciated, you've had mm. those experiences. What advice could you give to like a new Muslim so they, you could, they could kind of save themselves from going through maybe mm. some of the grief you may have had to go through? Yeah, so I mean, and it's something that obviously I still... I mean, that I still haven't fully done myself. Mm. I think being tied to a particular community is very important, especially when you're a new Muslim, because mm. you're going to have questions. You may even have some doubts mm. and you need, in my opinion, you really need that community to ground you, uh, maybe a teacher or two at the local mosque. And uh, just, I mean, because your lifestyle, I mean, 
for the most part, many people in the West, if they became a Muslim and they're like in their 20s or something, your lifestyle is probably going to change, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like no more alcohol and pork yeah. and all. Yeah. So you're going to you're gonna have a different lifestyle. And um, obviously it's better to be around other people who can understand that and mm-hmm. are doing similar things as you are. So mm-hmm. I think it's very important. And this is one of the things actually that, led me into being a Quranist is that I didn't actually have that foundation in terms of community. Mm. I wasn't going to the mosque or doing any of that. So I think Mm. being a part of a local community is Mm. extremely important. That's number one. Number two, and uh, one of my teachers told me this and I kind of, I agree with him is that, you know, some people, when they come into the Dean, when they first become a Muslim, they're like so zealous, like souped up. And so there's so much to learn, like knowledge in general, but even within the Dean is so vast that people sometimes get overwhelmed. They're like, Oh, Mm. I need to learn this. I need to learn that. Mm. I need to learn this. Just chill out, take Mm. it slow. Like it's baby steps. Learn the fat to have, then learn this, you know, just take your time. Don't beat yourself up too much. You don't need to be like, boom, like performing, perfect will do day one and then like your salah is like all perfect Mm. from day one no you can take several months of time of developing as long as you're you have the intention Mm. right and you're doing your best to try to learn some of these things don't overwhelm yourself because what i notice is some um converts new converts like they get burnt out Mm. it's like in the beginning to have that wave and then when it kind of slows down and you're just another guy at the mosque yeah. or something like that. Um, like this is too much yeah. and I don't have enough time to learn it. I've got family, I've got friends, I've got a job full time. Mm. How am I going to learn all this stuff? Just, you know, sort of take it easy. Cause I see that a lot of people get overwhelmed with that. So that's another thing. Mm. And also, um, Dawa specifically, in my opinion, a new convert should not really be thrusting themselves into Dawa, especially with the how the Dawa scene is now is so much online. Mm. And you're dealing with all these different uh Shubuhat, all these different doubts and everything. Mm. You're not you're not ready for that at that stage. You need to ground yourself in the basics of the deen. Yeah. You know, learn some basic uh creed, uh fiqh, this kind of stuff before yeah. you start going into debating people and all this kind of stuff because what winds up happening sometimes is unintentionally you make Islam look bad because you're out there, but you don't even have, you just like a baby brand new into the Dean and you don't, you're not really with all due respect equipped for it. And even me, the things that I think I am, if I can say relatively equipped to discuss, mm. I stick to that. I stay in my lane. Like yeah. I don't go on my YouTube channel coming out with Fatawa. Like yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not a, yeah. you know, a scholar of fiqh. So yeah. um, people need to just kind of take it easy uh, because, uh, and, and with Dawa also, it's not only that like about, you know, making yourself or the Dean look bad. So you don't want to do that obviously, but it's also the fact that, you should be, instead of like, of course, everybody at a certain point, you have an obligation to do dawah. Don't get me wrong. But you 
have an obligation to understand the fundamentals of the deen. Like you need to know that mm. before you start really sharing the religion with other people. Yeah. So um, those are some key points. I mean, uh, mm. so yeah, stay out of Dawa really in the beginning, get grounded in the fundamentals, get attached to a community, a good Muslim community, hang around mm. other like-minded people. And um, yeah, I think those are really the keys to it. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think that's very sound advice. I, I remember one brother uh, when we were coming up and uh, he was Ismaili. And so <laughs> he uh, reverted, he accepted Islam, mm. but he went hardcore, man. Like mm. he wanted to learn everything and um, he kind of got connected with like um, some very hardcore, mm. if you want to call them Salafi brothers, you mm. know what I mean? And uh, some of the issues that he overemphasized or over-focusing on just became like a fitna for himself. Mm. And at the same time, uh, he was having problems at home because there was immense pressure. Mm. He was kicked out of his house and, you know, having to deal with. So, like, you know, yeah. not having that necessarily maybe that community support. Right, right. And so um, because he went too hard in the paint, you know, mm. with like certain issues that... Like you need to have a good foundation to mm. understand them, like maybe, mm. um, you know, say abrogated verses and things like that, mm. without understanding like the basics, like the usul mm. al tafsir, for mm. example, right? Yeah. And um, it just became that he just then went back. Mm. Like he was very hardcore for a while, like you know, going mm. dawah, doing this, yeah, mas yeah, yeah. massage it all the time, everything, everything, everything. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, I remember a few years later, I, I saw him and he's like, oh, I mean, yeah, my like my. My parents took me back. I'm Ismaili again. I'm like, oh, okay. you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like and, hardcore Salafi and Ismaili are yeah. like polar opposites. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. And and I and you know what's interesting too, uh, a, f a phenomenon that I saw with, um, you know, some of these uh, people like they went from, um, uh, a group of them went from like a hardcore Salafi to hardcore Sufi, if you can imagine. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think a big part part of that, uh, the best way I could describe what you're saying is that you need to have a proper Islamic ecosystem. Mm. You know what I mean? You need to have like emotional connections with mm. good Muslims. Mm -hmm. uh, you need to have good intellectual connections so you can develop intellectually. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you need to have those like um, positive relationships mm that foster like healthy growth right exactly. and if you have significant components missing from there mm. then that really affects the growth of a person or they may not grow grow at all right exactly. the tree will die exactly. you know yeah. so yeah subhanallah yeah it's difficult i mean um and the other thing is is like what i was saying sometimes you have the good intent like you want to learn all this stuff which is good i'm not saying people shouldn't try to learn it but what my experience is sometimes they get burnt out. Mm -hmm. It's like they dive into it and then they're like, oh, this is really deep. And I'm yeah. just like, oh, I don't want to go that deep. And then they get scared and they just go all the way back outside the yeah. dean. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Um, and they kind of forget the fundamental purpose yeah. of ilm. Yeah. The fundamental purpose of ilm is mm -hmm. amal, is to practice it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you're just spending like all this time, okay, is it just a trivial pursuit? Yeah, yeah. Or are you, is that getting you closer to Allah SWT? Mm. Because, you know, the the scholars of Aqidah, mm. they've said that, you know, the beautiful thing about Islam, the theoretical mm. 
is also practical yeah. because it brings you closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Whereas like, you know, the pursuit of maybe other types of knowledge, the theoretical mm. doesn't really change the condition of mm. your heart or elicit some type of right. different, um, you know, um, part of your character to change. Right, right, yeah. Right, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, subhanAllah. Yeah, yeah. no, subhanAllah, it's... Uh, um, it, it's I think for new Muslims, I see a lot of parallel with with new Muslims and and people who are were even born in many Muslim families mm. if they don't have that that foundation. You know, right. a lot of Muslim families, it's like when you're giving dawah to them, um, or like youth, uh, it's like it's as if you're almost giving dawah to either a new Muslim or like someone who isn't Muslim, almost right. like, you know what I mean? You're kind of like mm. trying to convince them mm. of those things. Have you had like Muslims come up to you and say, hey, like, you know, you basically, I was a Muslim, but you kind of brought me back into Islam, like really believe in it. Yeah, yeah. I've had uh, Muslims come up to me and, you know, it, it's funny because I was, I was actually telling, uh, you know, our friend uh, offline, mm. um, I said that, my dawah, my main dawah is actually two Muslims. Mm. And, um, you know, there are many reasons for that. But one of them is, you know, for from a practical standpoint, is that I see all the other, like, major groups, like Christianity is on the decline. Mm. You know, like, all these other major groups are on the decline, except maybe atheism and secularism is on the rise. Mm. So that's, like, the main threat, I think. But all these other groups are on the decline and Islam is on the rise, right? Mm. It's got a certain trajectory. So if we keep those who are already Muslim, Muslim, mm. boom, we're going to be on the top, like in terms mm. of population. Yes. We don't even like, so my, my dawah and, and some people, you know, maybe not like this or maybe, but if, if you really understand what I'm trying to say, if we keep Muslims, Muslim, mm. we're going to rise up further up to the top. And then, what I say is that if any if any non-believer watches my material or sees me in a debate or hears me talk and likes something that I say, whatever, and becomes Muslim because of that, like Christian, atheist, Hindu, whatever, mm. that's just icing on the cake for me. That's just mm. like an added bonus. You yeah. see? Yeah. So that's my that's my mentality. I'm trying to empower other Muslims mm. to show them that. Islam is a superior way of life. Mm. Uh, it's it's a superior religion, intellectually, spiritually, mm. every, anything. It's yeah. a superior. And atheism, it's not going to bring you anything. Mm. Christianity, and these are the main things. Like on my YouTube channel, I mainly focus on Christianity. Then another YouTube channel that I'm a part of, we mainly focus on atheism. Mm. So I try to show that these positions with all due respect, they're basically bankrupt. Mm. And Islam is the, the truth and the way of life. Mm. And it's many times for, as I said, for Muslims, mm. so they can see, look, oh, we actually have a strong intellectual tradition and foundation mm. and spiritually as well. And we don't need to go looking at atheism or Christianity. Mm. And look, oh, Jake, uh, you know, I debate some top Christian scholars. Yeah. Right. And you can see, judge for yourself. Yeah. Oh, look, he's doing a good job. Mm. And see, because a lot of Muslims need that, that boost. They yeah. need that confidence. Yes. So this is about empowering 
other Muslims and instilling that confidence in them, mm. not just for the sake of it, like sophistry, but at the same time mm. doing it while presenting good material, yes. intellectual content. Yeah. So that's that's my main goal. Yeah, um, I can I can appreciate yeah. that. Can and then at the that. same time, I've had non-Muslims message me, email me saying, Jake, I became a Muslim because of mm. your stuff. Mm. And, uh, you know, mashallah, alhamdulillah, like, I'll give you an example. Actually, today, it was, mm. it was uh, you know, the, the topic that I spoke about today in the masjid was about salvation. Mm. So it's a big topic. Mm. And it's like, I got an hour to talk about it. Mm. And I'm doing it from Christianity and Islam. It's like, whoa, that's a lot to get in an hour. Mm. So I tried my best. And um, it's important to me because I come from a Christian background and, what's a bigger topic than salvation? It's like, where are you going to spend your eternity? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So um, I started talking about it. And actually, I don't know, maybe you see it later, but I, I started to get a little bit emotional, but then mm-hmm. I kind of like held myself back because mm-hmm. I was recalling when I first started reading the Quran was with the wrong intent. It was actually to refute my friend. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a whole other story. But the point I was getting to is that after the lecture, a brother came up to me mm. and he's like, I'm a revert. Mm. I used to be a Christian and my mother also became, we used to be a Christian and she became a Muslim too with me. Mm. I don't know. He didn't say the exact time factor, but sometime after maybe. Mm. And he was like, bro, when you were talking, I could relate to everything you were saying. Mm. He's like, I couldn't control it. You made me cry. Like, Mm. I think he got up and he walked out and he Mm. came back and he was like, Mm. I really, I really appreciated that. Mm. So he didn't, he was already a Muslim, but I'm saying that type of an effect that I had in the mosque Mm. in a one hour lecture, just me doing that, Mm. that makes it worth it. You see what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and he's not, he wasn't somebody, I don't want to misconstrue that was coming back to the deen. Mm. He's already in the deen. He's in the mosque. Alhamdulillah. Yes. You know, he's coming there. He's a part of the community. But even that, just for him to get a benefit out mm. of that talk to that extent, mm. that's for me, that's, that's mm. absolutely fantastic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So well, especially th- the yeah. environment we live in 24 seven, you're getting opposite messaging. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that can have a cumulative effect. Even people who come to the masjid every day, even people who go to Jum'ah, yeah. you know what I mean? Sometimes a lot of these people, their hearts are on the fence. Yeah, yeah. Y- y- you know? And um, for us to actually even really practice our deen, mm. we actually need to do it on a more comprehensive level. Right, right. You yeah. know what I mean? Many Muslims... Um, frankly speaking, who even come to the masjid, mm. even come to haraqat, many, per, a big percentage of them don't even pray five times a day. Ah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, we've actually taken surveys, people mm. who, who have come to a, an Islamic program, mm. meaning you're taking a survey from a group of people who are already engaged in some shape, way, or form. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And they're um, struggling to pray mm. five times a day, one of the most fundamental you know, things of our yeah, deen, right? Exactly. So um, my thought has always been, you know, uh, when I see, unfortunately, uh, people criticize each other in the dawah, mm. you know, too much. I, I think sometimes people don't look at the, the, the whole picture. Mm. You know what I mean? Because you may have somebody who gives dawah in one kind of stream or in one yeah. mode. And then they say, this is like the only way to do it, right? Mm. 
but as long as you're within the realm of Quran and Sunnah, mm. like I say to myself, there's like, for example, there's um, Islamic speakers and du'at mm. that are, you know, very popular and mm. they're very non-controversial and they say a lot of motivational things mm. and a lot of soft heart softeners yeah, and yeah. things like that. Like they focus on that. Mm. I'm like, you know, that's, that's fine. But you need people out there mm. that put the fear in the heart of the antagonists. Yeah, yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You need like, you know, in the battlefield, mm. like not everyone, like, you know, everyone has a different position. Yeah. Right. You want, I'm like, without naming names. Right. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, and even we can include you in some of the way, like, you know, with your debates and things yeah. like that. You need people out there that like, you know, that antagonist Christian or that antagonist yeah. atheist is going to think twice. Yeah. You know, because with the people who are super nice, mm. they're like, I can say whatever. This guy's not going to really come out. Yeah. I can say whatever I want to this person. <laughs> exactly. He's just going to be like very nice and smiling. And, yeah. you know, but there's some, I'm like, you need these people out there. Mm. Like, you know, like you need people like Abu Dijana out on the battlefield, right? Yeah, yeah. That people like, they see yeah. his scarf and they're like, you know, they see his red, just like your red hat. <laughs> right. <laughs> and they're like, okay, you know, <laughs> Maybe not today, right? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, so that's why I appreciate, as long as it's within the realm of the Quran and the Sunnah, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, we need people, I, I would say, um, yes, generally speaking, uh, people should learn, like, they want, they should focus and learn and get the basis of the understanding of their deen, mm -hmm. um, you know, traditionally speaking, yeah. right? But we have to also be able to show um, when needed, hey, intellectually, we can go toe to toe. Yeah, with exactly. any other type of uh, you know ideology. Yeah, you know what? Which which one? Because let's say between the two, mm. amongst the Christians and atheists, mm. which one have you found the most antagonistic towards Muslims? Oh boy, so I don't know, man. That's a tough call because a lot of times, you know, you start to see they team up and they. They team up against Muslims and yeah. against Islam. It's like it's the world against Islam. I hope yeah. I hate to sound so dramatic, but really you see that. It's like yeah. the Hindus team up with the atheists, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh the Christians team up with the when do you see a, a Muslim and a Hindu teaming up against a Christian? Yeah, like, never. It's yeah. never, never. Yeah, yeah. So um yeah, man, it's a hard call. I think it's equal, man. It's yeah. really yeah. But I want to get back to the point that you were saying about, you know, and that's what, that's what I mean about confidence, you see. Because yeah. um, some people can kind of watch some of my material, especially recently. Yeah. I've been kind of aggressive and attacking certain people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, people might be critical, but I think the individuals that I do d did yeah. deserve it. I don't yeah. just like... A, a random Christian person that's just sincere or an atheist, if yeah. I'm just having a conversation, I'm not going to just like yeah. go off on the person. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't really do that kind of yeah. stuff. But so I think that it is needed. I think you have different, do I, you have different people with, first of all, different specialties, mm. different areas of interest, yeah. what they're interested in discussing, what they're good at discussing, different personalities different yeah. approaches to the Tao. Yeah. And I think that collectively, mm. that's actually a good thing because it yeah. shows a variety. Some person might like the way that I talk 
and the way that I handle a certain situation mm. and somebody else might not. But mm. then there's another guy that that other person, he didn't like what I said. He might like this other guy. You yeah, see? Yeah. So it's different strokes for different folks, right? You know, yeah. it's, uh, you know, I think in the end, as you're saying, if it's within the realm of orthodoxy and nobody's really like, of course, everybody. See, the thing is, when you're doing Dawa um, for such a long time, like say you've been doing Dawa 15, 20 years and it's public. I mean, really not because what? YouTube's probably only, what, 10, 15 years old. But yeah. let's just say you've been you've been a public figure that long. Like you're bound to slip up and make a mistake. Like nobody's perfect, right? Yeah. But I think we have to be, as a community of Duat, we have to be understanding of that. I think we have to do a better job of communicating with one another, yeah. trying to collaborate and work together towards a common good. Mm. Um, I think that's something that definitely needs to be improved upon. And like there are people who, you know, they're Muslim YouTubers or whatever they are. They have a certain style that I personally would never do. Cause yeah. I, Either the content, I'm not interested in it, or just the approach is just not my style. It's just something different. But I don't, as long as I I think that there's some good in it, that some Muslims are benefiting from it, and that they're not really doing anything out of the confines of Islam, Mm. you know, I don't see any issue with it. So, yeah, Yeah. I agree with you on that point, bro. Yeah, yeah. I think for, obviously, the disclaimer... Yeah. Is for anyone who is doing dawa, yeah. Like, you know, don't let your ego be your destruction, right? Like, we it's not about the personality, yeah. It, it's about the mission, yeah. you know. It's not about like, um, you know, you. It's about the the greater purpose, right? Mm-hmm. And I think another thing, um, hopefully through this communication, mm-hmm. there can be some type of coalescing mm-hmm. where we can you know, be united and more organized. Yeah, you know what inshallah. I mean? So sometimes like, um, because of the fact there's no structure in place of mm. like, Hey, where do you go to? If mm. like, I, you know, we have a problem with each other, Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, something comes up. Um, and, and we have this within our DNA. We have methodology of how to yeah. deal with it. Um, but I think that is something that, um, if we can put some effort or some organization towards that yeah. can help at least uh, solve, you know, fitness. So instead of yeah. like inwards, we can still keep looking outwards in mm. terms of, you know, growth. Right? Yeah. You know, the issue is, especially with COVID, a lot of the DAWA has gone online now. Yeah. And so we didn't do, by the way, we've yeah. been doing DAWA since 99, 1999. Mm, right. Yeah. COVID is the only <laughs> Because all our things was in person, like in the masjid, you know, mm. in universities, uh, camps, conferences, things yeah, like yeah. that, all uh, in person. Mm. COVID, then we're like, okay, we did our conferences online. Mm. We did. So this is the first time. So you're kind of like learning yeah, you know, as you go along. Yeah. yeah. You know, the thing is, since COVID, it's like most of the DAO is online. Yeah. And so even though people were already spread out, it's mm. made it like it's sort of exacerbated the issue because now everybody spread out and the DAO is online. Yeah. So you don't really have that connection. Like you and me are sitting here mm. and it's our first time meeting. Yeah. Right. But 
it, it, it's almost like I know it, it sounds bad, but it's almost like well, if you don't, if you never really met the person, you, you don't really have that connection with them. Exactly. It's almost like well, yeah. I could just you know, I don't, I don't want to say it that bad. Maybe throw the guy under the bus or mm. you know, make a video and all this kind of stuff. It, it's, um, I think being so distant from people mm. and the Tao being primarily online, that has kind of made things worse in a mm. sense. That's a very yeah. salient point, you know, yeah. because if you talk to many Muslims, they say we need to do unity. We have yeah. to be, we should be unified. Why aren't we more unified on common causes that are affecting our community? Yeah. So everyone understands that that as a concept is something important that we should strive for, mm. but why doesn't it happen? So yeah. for example, like United Islam Awareness Week, yeah. it's like the 10th year. Yeah, How did that come about? It's because mm. we had initially a leadership camp yeah. where you know people from you know all over Canada, mostly Western Canada, could mm. apply and come to it. So when these people came together in this camp mm-hmm. and met each other, yeah. through meeting, learning, developing, and seeing each other, mm. trust is established. Yeah. Hey, let's unify for a common cause mm. to give a more um, cohesive, strong message during Islam Awareness Week. Because right, yeah. everyone's having their own Islam Awareness Week. So everyone's yeah, doing yeah. their own thing. Why don't mm. we unite together yeah. and uh, be able to share resources, be able to have a more powerful message. And so that's where it came about. But it came first mm. with physically really meeting someone and yeah. establishing that brotherhood. Exactly. You know I mean? Yeah, yeah, Alhamdulillah. And it's, I mean, I think it's been working. You know, you guys have been, you're at the 10th year. So that's a success in its own right. And it's, uh, I think it's it's growing and getting stronger. Alhamdulillah. Mm. That's what I've been seeing. That's mm. what I've been hearing from people. Mm. So, yeah, it's definitely um, that meeting people in person is definitely a different thing. Like even for example, I've been doing Dawa with a lot of people from the UK because they have very, a lot of people doing Dawa over there, very strong community. Mm. And uh, I live in the US, but I've been doing Dawa with a lot of them online. Mm. And so I know them. I have that kind of relationship from being, you know, oh yeah, we did this podcast together. We did this and but it's online. But when I went to the UK, mm. this is my opinion. I don't know. Maybe people watching this say, oh, no, Jake. But when I went to the UK and I actually met them in person, and now mm. that I come back, I feel different. You know what yes. I mean? Like I have a, a different type of connection with them. You know, I, yeah. I got to know them a little bit better in person. And I think that is, for me anyway, and I think a lot of people, it's just a human element that it's, yeah. it's important. I mean, we're not used to just like, online and being so yeah. distant you know yeah. so yeah. um yeah it is i think very important because then you you humanize a person yeah. you start to say oh you know this is my brother he's yeah. you know i went out to lunch with him or i did this or so um i think that part is missing and i do you know without getting into details i do think egos come to it, into it at times mm. because you know this thing that you mentioned about personalities Mm. It's very interesting. On the one hand, mm. let's be honest, a lot of Muslims online, they're drawn to certain personalities. Like they, they're following the Dawah in a sense, but for maybe for this person, this person, this, mm. they're tied to a specific personality. Mm. And the people, the Muslim people who are doing YouTube and the Dawah, not saying they have a wrong intention, but they're not 
dumb. They're not stupid. They can recognize that. Mm. And so maybe, and this is the way that I'm thinking, they think that they need to engage in that in a certain sense in order to attract people to watch it Mm. so that in the end they can get the message across that they really want to get to these people. You Mm. see what I'm saying? Mm. But what happens there is you, you get sort of stuck because you're trying to, you know, and again, I'm not trying to say that Mm. all the Muslim YouTubers are doing this and I'm Mm. purposely not mentioning any names, but it's almost as if you get stuck where you're, you're trying to appeal to the audience, mm. but are you doing it at the sake of something else that you shouldn't be doing? Yes. And how do you find that balance to where you can attract the people that you want mm. without just being the boring person, like going up and like writing on a chalkboard yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. And at the same time, keep it authentic to the Dean and all that kind of stuff, you know? So mm. it's, 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 I'm not making excuses for people because people genuinely make mistakes. I've made mistakes online, even in a short amount of time. But it is difficult to try to find that balance where you, the reality is people like drama, people like big personalities, and they're attracted to that. How do you, how do you engage with that slightly, but, but trying to find a balance? You see what I mean? And it's it's difficult. I'm gonna be honest. It's you know, very difficult. Um, my brutally honest opinion. Yeah. You take it from me as a <laughs> guy who looks young, but I'm like, you know, much older. Yeah. yeah <laughs> is uh, is um, that it, it? It's almost impossible. Yeah. You know why? Because the salaf of this ummah, mm. they said that there is nothing more uh, difficult for mm. me. Uh, to purify than my intentions. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? For exactly. me to keep constant in my intentions because yeah. it keeps flipping. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the statement of Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu mm. an that Ariya, you know, mm. is like a black ant mm. crawling on a black rock in the middle of a moonless night. Wow. That's wow. how it just creeps into the heart. Mm. Now, you're talking about the Salaf who would hide many of their deeds. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And would like uh, uh, in in front of the people, they would really control the type of exposure that they would have. Yeah. The functionality and the, the, the way logistically mm-hmm. that social media is built, yeah, yeah. it's completely built in the opposite way. Yeah, of course. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So it's like kind of like, okay, <laughs> you know, it's, it's an extreme example, but it's like, you know, you're trying to concentrate to memorize Quran in a dance club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's just the whole environment and the functionality is not designed yeah. for you to be like a humble guy that's not receptive. Like, cause you know, the reward mechanism mm. that it's designed on, it's very, very difficult. Yeah, it's yeah. very like my, myself personally, mm. like, um, I don't know if this is, like I, I, how bad I sound saying this, yeah. but I really hate social media. Like yeah, yeah. all my social media accounts, yeah. they're actually handled by my students with mm. the exception of Twitter. Mm. And the only reason I do, I, I do Twitter is mostly for news because mm. I look at, instead of going to news websites, yeah, I yeah. do that. And then randomly like thoughts will come in my head and I've been lately just posting it, mm. but it's very difficult. It is super, super difficult, you know, to, to do that. So, mm. 
I think that's what makes it really difficult because it's like the whole functionality, the the the, the purpose for why it was created mm-hmm. and the mechanisms of it make it so hard. Because if it's already, we already know from um, uh, like the warnings of Nifaq and Arriya and how mm-hmm. difficult it is from people who are much righteous in these yeah. types of environments. <laughs> now you place yourself on something where... You know, the things that are the most, as you said, the most controversial or outlandish or whatever. And you have all these young minds, of course, like they're being drawn in, wired into that. Right. So it it is difficult, man. It's like, I don't know what the, because it's a reality we live in. Mm. But what is the paradigm shift? What is the revolution that needs to take place where we can still have the preserve the message and have a presence of that message in these different platforms while not losing ourselves in the process yeah it's very difficult because at the same time it's like if you don't do it somebody else will right right and it's like would you rather be a kafir who is outlandish and he's attracting muslims and muslims are watching his content yeah and then oh you have like you know, some guy that just comes up and he's just, you know, kind of all buttoned up yeah. and, you know, oh, hey, guys, you know, I'm here today. And yeah. like, it's like they're not going to be, the reality is, I know it but sounds you know, a bad. lot of Muslims, like a lot of these Muslim YouTubers do the okie doke yeah. on people like, oh, religious, whatever. But it's just like, I'm sure you're aware of like people who also convert online mm-hmm. and it's just to get... You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, you got or some complete hijab, frauds, you know, yeah. hijab tutorials. And yeah. now the they got this following. Okay, now the hijab is off. And so there's a lot of these people. Yeah, doing I mean, those doke, people, man. yeah, you know those, I mean? the, the complete frauds, yeah. yeah, they're out. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But I think there are some people that do have a genuine intention. Yes. But they realize what they're saying and they're trying to balance playing the game, so to speak, mm. but at the same time trying to, uh, achieve their purpose which i do think they have a genuine purpose of spreading the deen mm. empowering muslims uh making sure that uh muslims feel secure in their faith um and at the same time also obviously trying to spread the message of islam to non-muslims but it's it's it's, it's like walking on a tightrope really it's uh it's a very difficult situation because the way that social media is set up is like you have to be outlandish to be seen for people to watch you. Yeah. But then if you're doing that constantly, are you really doing Dawa? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. And so should you just not engage in that whatsoever and then just let the chips wear? You know, uh, I think, you know, what? My, my personal reflection on that is if in real life, so mm. that you got to balance the IRL, like the IRL mm. has to set the tone. Mm. So if you have a strong environment and like um and i think the only way you can kind of even really establish that is if you have like people on the truth people of Ilm, mm. that you would listen to them if they say hey you got to take this down this is not mm. appropriate you mm. should take this down mm. even if it has a million views mm. but they're if they say to you this this you have like the humility to say hey yeah. you know what yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna do that i yeah. think it has to you have to have a strong connection IRL. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, because it's like you're going, I think every time you step into that, it's danger. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think, 
yeah, you have to have people around you that you respect who can actually give you that advice that Nasi had. Yeah. Because, and that's what I think. And I do have that with certain people. And, um, you know, there's a certain collection of, of us duat and we have a WhatsApp group. And, you know, mm-hmm. without mentioning specific examples, mm-hmm. people will say, like, dude, what were you thinking? That was kind of yeah. silly, you know, like yeah. take that down or no, that's not. And I've said that to other people yeah. and um, people have said it to me like, oh, Jake, you sh- should do it differently next time or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so you know, that's the, a good thing. Yeah. If, you're, if you're willing to take the advice, yeah. Yeah. that's something important. Yeah. You know, because in this where you're walking the tightrope situation, mm-hmm. you, sometimes you're going to fall off. Like you're not mm-hmm. going to be perfect. Nobody's, I don't think, when you're doing online Dawa, I know it's kind of young because it's really hit the boom over the past, what, mm-hmm. two or three years. Yeah. But the longer it goes on, um, it, it, I don't think, to be honest, I don't think there's really any easy solution. I think that people have to get a feel for it and make up their own minds, but they have to be, again, it goes back to being grounded with a community. Yeah. And seeing that, especially as Duat and people in the Dawa, that, okay, let's have Husnadhan. We know that this brother, he has a genuine intention, right? And he's trying to do good. And so am I, inshallah. So let's try to work together towards that common goal. Mm. And when one guy slips up, we say, hey, brother, you know what you did? That was kind of out of line, Mm. you know, take that post down or do whatever it may be, you know. And I think obviously we want to try to avoid that. So you want to preempt it so that it doesn't Mm. get to that point. But if it does, if you're willing to take the advice from other people you respect, then okay, it's you know, kind of calms it down a little bit. But of yeah. course, you want to ha- keep that in mind for the future because you don't want to just keep boom, 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 like constantly making yeah. errors like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then also certain people have a different approach. Like me, I don't have it within me to go on camera and just like make a scene or be fake. Yeah. But I do, when I have debates or when I talk with people, I have sometimes a certain aggressive mentality or way of speaking to people. That's the nature of debates, though, whether yeah. it's online or in, in person, right? Like yeah. we saw Ahmed Idat, right? Yeah. Like, for example, yeah. uh, back in the days, like, and I think that's, uh, debates have that nature to them. There's a part, there's a performative part of debates. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean? definitely. Yeah. And the way that I, the way that I view it, I'm, you know, I'm the type of person where whatever you give, you're going to get back. Like, mm. if you're very nice and you're humble and you, you're you sincere and you just want to have a nice conversation, we could have a nice, con- great conversation, mm. nothing, like no animosity, nothing. But if I can tell you're just here to try to, like, one-up me, mm. I'm going to play the game and I'm going to mm. play it better than you. Yeah. Like, that's, that's how it is. Be- and I think... In my personal opinion, some people who I know have that streak about them and that I can tell this person is really not sincere. They're just there to bash Muslims in mm. Islam or do this. Mm. I do think they need to be exposed. I think mm. you need certain people, like you said before, we're not just going to take anything and just lay down and take anything from these people. Mm. No, we need certain people to stand up for them. I'm not saying 
cuss them down or anything like that. Mm. But stand up and say, look, what you're saying doesn't make any sense. Really, this is kind of stupid. And then, you know, deal with them in in, the, in a strong sense. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Have you encountered a lot of, like, the ex-Muslim club? Yeah. Yeah, the ex-Muslim club. Yeah. They're very frustrating, you know, because and, and atheists, I find, in general, like the ex-Muslim atheists specifically, mm. and atheists in general, mm. they think they're very clever. Like they're so mm. full of themselves. They think they're so smart and they got yeah. science and they got this. Yeah. And religious people are just like a bunch yeah. of blind followers and they don't know what they're talking about. And uh, they're so arrogant, but at the same time when you talk to them, it's like yeah. they're so ignorant. They don't even understand what they're talking about yeah so i find them to be some of the most frustrating people to deal with because like bro you didn't even leave islam you left like a caricature of islam like yeah what you're describing yeah i would reject that too it's ridiculous do you you think a lot of it is fueled um for financial reasons like YouTube, yeah, some people doing that stuff, they just they just want money. Like I've yeah. seen people openly admit it yeah. without mentioning names. But I think like the ex-Muslim phenomenon and becoming atheist and all this, I truly think that it's it's like um it comes from uh like an inferiority complex. Like mm. they think that Islam and Muslim is backwards because mm. oh the West is this way and they've got superiority and Mm. that's the way i see it because i've literally seen on clubhouse where not even kidding somebody could be saying the exact same thing to an atheist like ex-muslim in arabic or another language yeah and then all of a sudden the other another person comes in or maybe the same person switches to english and they say the exact same thing in english Mm. It's like English is like mm. a divine language right now. Like yeah, yeah. They hear it in English and like, oh, this guy's smart. Like yeah. just because you saw like some Hollywood movies in yeah, English yeah. or something. Yeah, it's yeah. like, it's so bizarre yeah. that the inferiority complex that a lot of ex-Muslim atheists have yeah. that they think, oh, the, the West is so great and they're so much superior that any mm. way of life that they have or way that they go about doing things, the language, English, mm. it's just, uh, you know, honestly nauseating. So I find them so mm. frustrating to deal with because it's like, oh, my God, really? I have mm. to go all the way back to the basics and be like, mm. okay, here's where you went wrong because – what you rejected was not Islam. Here's what Islam actually teaches. Mm. Here are your fundamental presuppositions that don't really add mm. up, that aren't making any sense. Mm. So um, I like talking to atheists, but sometimes it's like... <laughs> mm. Sometimes I find, um, from my experience and also when I've spoken to other du'at, they've shared this with me, that sometimes their um, intellectual reasons... Mm. Uh, for not being Muslim is like more like a veneer. Oh, you know what I mean. It, there's there's like deeper seated emotional, like yeah. You it's know, funny you say on, that because I've been talking about that recently. Yeah. You know, um, uh, a program that I'm a part of, which is a part of Sapiens Institute. It's called the Lighthouse Mentoring Program, mm. and uh, people can sign up. It's like a one on one. And you can sign up if you're, 
you could be ex-Muslim, you could be a Muslim with doubts, mm-hmm. you could be a Muslim that's just looking for tips with dawah yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. Anything. You sign up and it's one-on-one. Yeah. So it's more authentic. It's one-on-one, on Zoom, just me and you talking for one hour. Yeah. Could be, I'm, I'm a volunteer, so I volunteer on there a few hours a week and there's a bunch of other brothers doing it. MashaAllah. MashaAllah. And, um, my experience, bro, and I've been telling some brothers recently is like, I don't think I'm exaggerating. At least 90% of the time, what you said is exactly right. The intellectual problems are really just a veneer. It's just a facade. It's just yeah. like there's really most of the time a deep-seated psychological or emotional issue going on or what mm-hmm. I would say really from an Islamic perspective, a spiritual issue. Yes. And... When you remove those intellectual optic, uh, you know, sort of obstacles, you realize those are just like kind of like cobwebs in the way. When you clear yeah. it out, you see really there's something deeper going on. Yeah. I'll give you one example. I'm not obviously mentioning names, but from the Lighthouse program. Mm. Um, and I don't want to bring this up as a negative thing because there's a lot of good things going on with the program. So, mm. um, you know, I recommend people who are having issues to check it out. But it's one guy who comes on and he's like, all right, you know, I'm a Muslim Mm. Uh, brother Jake. I want to ask you about this scientific theory, right? Mm. Like, what are your thoughts on it? Okay. Boom. My answer. Okay. How about this next second scientific theory? Okay. Third scientific theory. Okay. And then he's going on to the next point, this scientific theory, this scientific Mm. theory, boom, boom. And I said, I just stopped for a second. I said, brother, is there something deeper going on? Mm. And because uh, he was acting like, oh, he's a Muslim and, you know, he's just mm. had some question about this because I could tell it's almost as if he was trying to move to the next doubt or the next like question before really even listening or hearing what I'm mm. saying with the other one. It's like, wait, hold on a second. Mm. So I said, is there something deeper going on? And he said, he paused and he said, yeah, there is. I said, what is it? He said, not sure if God exists. Mm. I said, subhanAllah, you're asking about all these different wild, strange mm. scientific theories, and you don't even know if God exists? Like, mm. that's Tawheed. That's the foundation of Islam. Mm. Of course, you're going to be way out of whack if you don't have that in order. Yeah. So I said, listen, I'm not going to answer another question about a scientific theory. Mm. This was like at the halfway mark, so 30 minutes. I've already mm. been dealing with this stuff. I said, in the last 30 minutes, I'm going to prove to you that God does exist, mm. right? So he turns around, and I think he was kind of shook because I was <laughs> I was very mm. straightforward with him. And uh, he said, okay, okay. So I do it. I go through these different things. And, and by the end of it, he goes, all right, Jake, yeah, I believe that God does exist. You, you present a very strong case. I agree with everything you say. Okay, alhamdulillah. Mm. Next week, because I had the same time slot, I recognized the name because I can see on the mm-hmm. schedule. Oh, okay, this guy's back. Alhamdulillah, let's see what mm-hmm. he's going to come up. Oh, So he comes back on. He says, all right, Jake, you know, remember? Yeah, I remember you, brother. Well, everything you said, this is what he tells me, everything you said to me makes complete sense. Mm-hmm. I can't, I don't have any argument against you. Mm-hmm. But how about this? I'm starting to doubt my own reasoning faculties. Mm. <laughs> I said, I said, okay. 
Subhanallah. So yeah. now I start going into like radical skepticism. I'm saying, yeah. okay, how far do you want to take this, bro? Yeah. How far do you really want to take this? I'm saying, yeah. you know what? Maybe you're not even on this phone call right now. Yeah. The whole thing's an illusion. Yeah. Yeah. How do you know that that's not the truth? How do you yeah. know that that's yeah. not the reality? So I try. I start showing him the absurdity of like where he's going. Yeah. And uh, he just kept budging. And I said, look, you've got no argument against it. You come back a week later, and this mm. is what you're doing. I started mm. kind of being harsher with him. Mm. I said, let me tell you something, brother. You don't want to believe in God. Mm. I told him just like that. And he said, oh, no, no, yes, I do. Of course I do. I said, mm. no, you don't. Yeah. You don't. It's not now. It's not an intellectual problem. Yeah, yeah. Because you presented it as an intellectual problem. When I solved the intellectual mm. problem, your answer to it is, throw the intellect out yeah. now i'm doubting my own reasoning yeah so now you're like stuck in this twilight zone like mm. vicious circle like you just you you yeah. might be in the matrix who knows yeah so what that showed me and this is not just one case this is yeah. i can go through several examples yeah. like this where i said listen brother i'm telling you right now you don't want to believe in god Mm. I don't care if you don't like how it sounds, but this is my, I said, I'm diagnosing you. This is my diagnosis. Yeah. 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 And he, he, he kind of got like shaken up a bit mm. and, uh, you know, I eventually I kept talking to him and then, you know, the, the session eventually ended. But, mm. um, yeah, it's just one example where a lot of times, bro, it's, mm. it's presented as an intellectual problem. But then really there's something deeper going on. And when we try to solve that, it's mm. like you go left, you go this crazy route. Mm. And it's not only that, sometimes it's presented as an intellectual problem, but you find out, well, no, it's actually an emotional problem or maybe could be genuine, some trauma. Maybe you had a bad experience with the Muslims or uh, your parents or something bad happened, some very, some very traumatic experience happened. Mm. And this is the real issue. You think it, oh, why would God let this happen to me, mm. right? Like some kind of situation like that mm. rather than, oh, here's this argument here or this, mm. you know what I mean? So 100%, like mm. almost all the time that I deal with people who doubt the faith, ex-Muslims, so-called skeptics, mm. most of the time it's not intellectual at all. It's a yeah, psycho You, you want to hear thing. something interesting? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, there's a... Uh, did you go to Vancouver yet? No, not okay. yet. Yeah, yeah. So in Vancouver, there's a big um, homeless population oh. and people who are, um, you know, they have Subhanallah. substance abuse and, mm. you know, uh, addiction uh, issues. Mm. So there is, um, he's, a, he's a very famous doctor in Canada and he treated uh, for many years addicts in that area, right? Mm. So there's, uh, I believe it's East Hastings, right? Like, uh, mm. yeah, so East Hastings is an area downtown Vancouver uh, he worked at the Portland Hotel so basically it's like the last stop for mm. you know all these addicts that can't go anywhere else wow. so um, I, I went through his book and um, he talks about like some of the characteristic traits of mm. these addicts right and something he be, and, and it's it's, a, it's interesting one of the things that he notes because he actually addresses this in some, his treatment recommendation for mm. a lot of these addicts and what he found is many of these people who are like um, perpetually addicted, um, you know, and they're having, they're just going back in that cycle over and over again. Mm. Most of them um, 
he would describe them as being atheist mm. or like, you know, not spiritual. Mm. Or their concept of God is of like a person who is mean and vindictive. Wow. And like I could go into a deep dive because I'm taking it from like a spiritual and physiological mm. thing of mm. the way the brain functions. Yeah. So his treatment recommendator, what he says is that mm. for you to be able to heal as a human being is you have to be spiritual. You have to get spiritual. Yeah. He said like, because like, it just seems like it's common. Like having an atheistic or non-spiritual mm. framework of your existence actually causes the person like, and it's usually also a result of trauma. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So a person who is... Um, who suffered trauma is more prone to addiction, mm. right? And what's interesting too is that the area of the brain that we can see that underdevelops when a person has trauma is the is the forebrain. Mm. So you know your judgment mm. uh, center, and this is also where um, is your inhibitory mm. you know uh, process in your brain, right? So it kind of stops you from doing things that are inappropriate or destructive to yourself, right? Mm. That's one of the uh, actually main, uh, you know, uh, you know, functions or neurotransmitters in the brain is actually mm. to prevent you from, you know, it's not like st like a stimulant. It's actually right. the prevention. So people who've been traumatized actually have this underdeveloped. Mm. So my theory actually is, I don't know, if, you know, in the future, <clears throat> this could be some kind of clinical study. You could probably map out the people's brains, right? Who are atheists, <laughs> right. who don't believe in God, and uh, people who do believe in God. And um, there's probably a history of like some type of trauma that's associated uh, as well with that. Really? Yeah. yeah that's, yeah. you know. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, if we go to the hadith of our Rasul Sallallahu as well, and there's ayah in the Quran about that you will be grabbed by your lying sinful forelock. forelock. Right, <coughs> yeah. which is also another like uh, you know important kind of dimension to this because that is your again your judgment center. You know? Right, right. Yeah. Yes, yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, the relation of the brain and all this kind of stuff. It, it is, and you know, even like secular psychologists and people who study this issue, they say like even with coping with the loss of a loved one or going through very, like, serious traumatic issues, even if they don't believe, like, the people who are doing these studies, that God actually exists, they have to admit that there is a functional, practical element to the belief in God and dealing with trauma or tough situations in life. Yeah. There's just no, I mean, the studies absolutely show that this is true. Yeah. So yeah, I can agree with you. I'm not surprised at all. And, um, you know, some people like even, I think Jordan Peterson is probably a good example where his description or how he explains God, anyway, my interpretation of him, mm -hmm. um, because he's a pragmatist about truth. He's basically like, truth is that which works. Mm. So if it produces a good result, then it's true in that sense, even if it doesn't necessarily correspond to like reality in, in a certain way. Mm. And so his way of, that's why he says, well, I act as if I believe in God, and most people do anyway. Why? Because from a psycho 
you know, analytic perspective, he sees the utility in it and the fact that it works. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. we don't think that's just a coincidence. We yeah. ble- we obviously believe that, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala exists. But nevertheless, even these people who are mm-hmm. skeptics, and not, not just trying to pick on Jordan Peterson, but in general, mm-hmm. from a psychological point of view, they cannot deny the mm-hmm. utility in that idea now does that necessarily make it true not necessarily Mm. all right i wouldn't argue for that that strongly but i I would say look it should be taken seriously in some sense especially in the broader scope of the whole discussion of god's existence and everything Mm. can be considered when you couple it with other evidences right yeah but um so yeah i think it's it's undeniable really at this point that even the secular psychologists have had to really admit it. And to the point where, you know, one of the other speakers, uh, I actually saw his talk because we were in the city at the same time and he did one on mental health. And he was saying, you know, he was basically saying that CBT, like cognitive behavioral therapy, they, even the, the secularists have noticed that when you add a religious element to it, even if the technique is the same, but you give it, quote unquote, like a religious flavor to it, it is much more effective as a as, as a therapy for that person. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you could give the same technique of CBT, but have it coming. And this is, you know, what he was explaining. I haven't looked into it in detail, but yeah, he's basically saying, yeah, about. yeah, he's got the. You got the CBT, but then you add the Islamic element to it in the sense that the the technique is the same, but the information may not be exactly the same. Like you mentioned the Prophet, peace be upon him, or you mentioned Allah, and you reference something in the deen that is the objective is the same, but of course, because that person is a Muslim, it has a much greater effect when it has that islamic content in it mm. and even the what he's saying is the research shows even the secularists have admitted this yes. that cbt with the addition of the religious aspect is actually way much more effective you know yeah. so yeah. um you know something uh that i think is extremely interesting yeah yeah, yeah. no uh, like especially i think when you have like when people have these uh they, they come to you with these doubts or these types of questions yeah and sometimes what I like to do is just say, okay, you know, let's talk about it. Let's just get to know each other. Exactly. Yeah. And then when you kind of get to know them and through that conversation, that's sometimes when you can find out what's really, what's going, really the issue, what's yeah. really going on. Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean? There's this one um, brother mm. that a uh, lot, a lot of doubts, questioning a lot of things like mm. think common sense stuff or having this double standard with Islam. Yeah. It's like, how, how come Islam came in uprooted, um, you know, uh, you know, so many people's culture. I'm like, well, uh, what was what about the empire before that it mm. it modified that culture? And and we see Islam actually has many cultures, right? Yeah. And and he didn't even know what Orientalism was, right? Yeah. So all these different things. And then I I just started talking to him about other things, and I found out that you know he was abused mm. when he was younger, uh-huh. right? And so that was actually the real cause of all his kind of doubts and his conceptions and, yeah. you know, all, you know, all of that stuff. Right. Yeah. So it, it's for, I, I think because it's so powerful, like the, 
the concept and the belief of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so mm. powerful that mm. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has implanted in mm. human beings that there has to be something very significant, you know, to, mm. and it's, I think it's a lot of times it is that emotional mm. reason. There's some kind of psychological, emotional reason yeah. that, it, you know, it's, it's this trauma or something that they've endured. Mm. But the thing is to heal that too, yeah. you go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's spiritual way because yeah. you can actually, again, there is neuroplasticity even within your brain. Yeah. So there can be changes in healing that can occur, you know, mm. within your brain, whatever yeah, you know, yeah. trauma. That yeah. You're and doing. we're not trying to belittle it because yeah. these are real things that yeah. happen. And so um, we're just saying that at a certain point, and of course, maybe if you're just meeting the person, they're not comfortable with you. Well, it's exactly. no surprise yeah. that they're putting on this veneer, right? Yeah. And they themselves many times may not even notice what they're doing. Yeah. It's like, um, it's a coping method, yes. you know, or mechanism. And so you have to try to remove that stuff and mm. in obviously treat it delicately. Like you're not trying to just smash the guy down or anything. Yeah. And um, to where you get to that point, say, okay, I, I see what's going on. I'm not mm. trying to belittle it. Let's see if we can work on it. Let's see if yeah. we can provide a solution from it within Islam mm. that can answer and help to try to deal with some of these issues. Yeah. And um, I think when you do it that way, um, it may, of course, it's never, never 100%, but I mm. think it can be effective and very beneficial. Yeah. And, and I think one of the also evidences I see that people, they when they do get drawn to Islam is when they're able mm. to, a lot of people accept Islam when they observe you know, Muslims. Oh, it's, yeah. it was a w very welcoming group. Mm. You know what I mean? So they're kind yeah. of the, their experience or their interaction. So there's again that emotional connection or that definitely. pull or whatever. You know, yeah, for definitely. that. So, yeah. but uh, no, it's uh, it, it's one of those things again that I think um, as of now we're kind of a, hopefully getting out of the post COVID mm. era. What do you think? They're gonna I drop so. another. Uh. Another remix? And I don't know, man. I <laughs> another hope, variant. <laughs> I, I hope we're getting towards the end, man. I yeah. hope it's like we're approaching the finish line. Yeah, the only thing it. more than COVID variants are, I think, Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, yeah, exactly. There's, there's like another one, you oh, know. So, uh, but I think more we uh, have like, I think these type of in-person, mm. um, you know, type of uh, gatherings and even the Dawa events, yeah, yeah. you know, it has a pretty significant, I think, effect that yeah. we sometimes miss out that dimension on the online thing. Yeah, yeah, you do. Like even I've done three talks here so far at every talk I've had, and I'm, I'm a nobody. I have a relatively small YouTube channel, right? But of the three talks, I've had at least one person and more many times more than one person come up to me, a Muslim, and say, mm. oh, Brother Jake, I actually knew about you a year ago or this many mm. months ago before you, we even knew you were coming. And when I saw you were coming, I came just to see you. Mm. And boom, you, you know that video you made? Yeah, I like that. That was good. And that helped mm. me with this, blah, blah, blah. And that's why... That's why I'm doing it. Mm. And see, when you do the dawah in, on the actual ground yes. and you see that, you say, okay, maybe what I'm doing is actually effective. Mm. Because now that's coming from online, but then it, it, it's, it's like a two-way direction. Yeah, you know, yeah. they influence each other. Okay, now, but if I didn't come here, I didn't know about those people. I'm thinking... Mm. 
you know, who knows about me in Fort McMurray? Where, mm-hmm. I don't even know where that is. Did you even know what Fort McMurray? Yeah, Fort I didn't McMurray. know what it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People are watching me. I don't know who you are. Yeah. But yeah, so, and and one guy was actually in Fort McMurray was a non-Muslim guy, yeah, Christian yeah. guy, yeah, Keem. Yeah. And um, he was like, yeah, brother, I was watching you and, um, you know, I like your stuff. And, and he's really, he seems really close to Islam, mashallah. Yeah. And so... Um, you know, that to me was very beneficial because I'm saying, wait, I'm going to like some of these smaller towns in Canada that I never, I never even been in Canada. Mm-hmm. I've got a relatively small YouTube channel and somehow in a gathering of like, I don't know, however many hundred people, there's people there that are watching me and somehow getting benefit from it. Mm-hmm. Well, alhamdulillah, that means... At least now I get that feedback that, well, I'm doing something good at least. Mm. You know, it's helping somebody the online. But you don't really see that as much online. Or you do, like, you might see a comment where it's like, okay, you know, on the, the Life Hawk channel, you know, somebody comments. It's like, oh, yeah, bro, good video or what. But it doesn't have the same yeah. feel like yeah. when the person comes up to you in person. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, it's... I think right now the Dawa online is like whether we like it or not, it's yeah. there and yeah. I think it's there to stay. Yeah. But I think you gotta try to find a way to have yeah. them influence each other, to mm. to have an arrow going between the real life affecting mm. the online and the online affecting the real life back and forth and so you see that connection, you know? Yeah. So um And there's know, a great reward like yeah. for the physical meeting of each other, exactly, right? That's a hadith. Yeah. Where you know a man is traveling and the angel you know comes in the form of a man mm. in, in the middle and he says where are you going uh, mm. he says I'm going to go visit you know my brother yeah and he said uh, does he owe you something like he has some kind of business mm. he says no I'm going because I love him for the sake of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says then you know your Lord loves you yeah. you know uh, you know just as you love yeah. him for his sake you yeah know? so you know that's you know that's uh, and that's just traveling just. Like, I love yeah. you for the sake of Allah, exactly, right? Yeah. And so, like, I think, you, you know, more we, we get to the, revive these traditions, mm. right? Even traveling to seek <clears throat> ilm, you know? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's like, yeah, you can maybe learn this thing online, mm. but it's a different approach. Yeah, you know what I mean. Person, like it's a different. Yeah, like feeling. one of one of my shayukh, he's like, oh, I can just give you this ijaza for this mm. collection of hadith. Mm. Like I can just do it over the phone for you. I mm. said no. I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna come travel to you. Mm. I'm gonna come to you. This is not appropriate. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You know, it, it's that'll be too easy for me. Yeah, yeah. So then I went. I travel. I spent the time with him. Learned yeah. that you know with him in person. Yeah. And then I and then I came back. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. So alhamdulillah. So yeah, it's no good. reviving. You know, it's the you know merging of the tradition and yeah. you know the the modern mechanisms. You know? Exactly. Exactly. So, but um, you know, I want to thank you. It's late. I, we could probably be talking all night, but I can <laughs> yeah. see. You know, what I mean, <laughs> you're you're running out of steam. So we yeah, no, keep, yeah, uh, yeah, it's been good, bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So you get some rest because there's inshallah. still a lot of the tour left to go, and then yeah. we'll inshallah reconnect anyways. Exactly. Uh, you know, a couple exactly. days, and uh, you know, appreciate you know the time, effort. Yeah. You know, getting to meet you in person as well. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, Alhamdulillah. It's been good. And um, we have like a, an outro, a tagline. Mm. So 
uh, I'll say it once, and then maybe you can. Okay. Uh, everyone's had trouble with it, but I know you speak. You had you do the spoken word poetry, yeah, yeah. so I think you might be able. You could be the only one who could get it down on the first time. So, <laughs> I'll try. Yeah. <laughs> so, so this is the 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 outro, the tagline that we have at the mm. end of the podcast. We live by the huck. We die by the huck. Just when you think life is stuck, mm. tune into life huck. <laughs> you got that? Okay, we so live. we live by the huck, we die by the huck. Yeah. Uh, just when you just think, just when you think life is stuck is stuck. Uh, tune in. Okay, tune, tune into to the huck to life huck. Oh, to life huck. Okay, yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you think you can get that all at once? Oh, bro. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you live by the huck, you die by the huck. Yeah. Just when you think life is stuck. Uh, tune into Life Huck. There you, there you, you go. You got it. You got it. That's how we do it. All right, and that's so. that's all. Even after a long day of yeah, me like, being tired. Yeah. So. There you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. Zamakhir.